politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. A tragic day today. We lost 12 brave service members to terrorist savages in Afghanistan. With a failed commander-in-chief, it is time to invoke the 25th Amendment. Joe Biden needs to go. This man cannot continue to be president. This is one of the darkest days in American history right now. Today, today, 12. We do not need to lose anybody today. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. This is a, a sad, sad day today. Terror attacks by the Taliban-coordinated ISIS Special K. And now we've lost 12 brave of our of our military, and I, I still am shaking my head at this. This is late. I know this. Actually, now they've raised the count now. 13 U.S. troops and at least 90 Afghans killed in ISIS suicide bomb attacks at Kabul airport. 13. This is such a sad, horrible day today. My heart breaks for each and every one of these. These, these are, Oh, gosh. What do you even begin to say? What do you even begin to say today? The president just finished his speech a short time ago. 12 Marines, one Navy medic, dead. Dead today because of these terrorist savages. Joe Biden has blood in his hands today. He does for these horrible decisions, evacuating Afghanistan, getting us out of Kabul this way, giving up Bagram Air Force Base. Pathetic, horrible, terrible day. Uh, good evening. And again, welcome to the podcast. And sorry it's so late today, but I wanted to bring you everything today. Where do I even begin today? It is amazing where things are. He didn't blame Trump in his speech. He blamed uh, everybody but himself, of course, for his leadership. He's doubling down on the August 31st date. He is not going to change that date. And that date is the problem because we have 1,500 Americans now behind enemy lines. Joe Biden is a failure. Joe Biden is not there. I'm telling you, he's not there. He, he came out tonight and he said, and I'll, I'll pull the audio for you as soon as I can. He came out there tonight. He, he read remarks looking, honestly, like there's nothing behind those eyes. And then he says, I, I have to go to the first person I was instructed to call on. And then he, his answer sounded like he was like it had been rehearsed. As if he knew who he was going to call on, he knew what the questions were, and then he had his rehearsed answers. Really, I mean, I, it, 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 was, it was almost like he was playing back a tape recorder in his head, and he was just giving the, the prescripted answers. And it wasn't until Peter Ducey that things actually got interesting at the end, which, by the way, I did lose a bet today. I said 50 bucks if he calls on Ducey, so I owe you all 50 bucks, and definitely you should definitely wait for that money. You, you'll, definitely, you'll definitely get it. I would do that. But the thing about it is that I have a meeting to get to, and so I won't be able to do it just yet. All right, this is the thing. Uh, where do I begin? This disaster in how we are leaving Afghanistan is the issue. It's not leaving Afghanistan. It's how we're leaving Afghanistan. Bagram Air Force Base, he says today, he goes, well, they asked him the question, should you have shut down Bagram Air Force Base? And he goes, well, the military... They made recommendations and they suggested it. So I decided that I would go ahead and I would do what they said, blaming the military for his decision to shut down Bagram Air Force Base, which which if that was open right now, all this could be avoided. The problem is we're, we're trying to leave a country going through what is effectively a municipal airport with with the Taliban being the TSA, the Taliban being the, the being the, the the equivalent of the TSA, literally, and also the baggage handlers, and also the airport workers. Everybody is Taliban in that airport. Imagine it, it's it's the ultimate scenario that the Taliban controls everything, which is why 
today when our people were told, get out of the airport. This morning on the show, I was telling you the breaking news was that get out of the airport, go, get out of there, shelter in place, because we knew a terror attack was happening and we knew the Taliban was not going to stop it. We knew it was not going to stop it. Let's not forget something. And this is a very important point here. Two things can be true at the same time. The Taliban could have done this, which I think they did, and it doesn't mean we have to stay in Afghanistan till the end of time. Here's something else, too, I want to point out. The Taliban, when they got into power, despite the fact that they didn't have an air force and nobody thought that was possible within Joe Biden's administration, what is the first thing they did? They started letting prisoners free. They freed prisoners. They freed terrorists from prisons in Afghanistan, and they let them out. And all of a sudden now we're surprised that the Taliban did not have our best interests in mind when it came to security of our people. The sand people, the Taliban, in in, in the caves with the other sand people who were in in the jails, and they let those people out. And, And we're surprised now that terrorists let other terrorists out and terrorists attacked us today. We're surprised by this. Nobody should be surprised by this. Nobody. I'm still amazed that anybody in this administration with a straight face can think that making a deal with terrorists who then just freed thousands of terrorists and that somehow trusting those people with our security is a good idea. Trusting those people to handle security. That's what we did. We turned over security of the airport. All of our people, our military, the roads, checkpoints, Americans getting in and out to the Taliban. And Americans couldn't get through those checkpoints. Brave Afghans who fought with us couldn't get through those checkpoints. But somehow ISIS-K was able to make it through those checkpoints. So do you really think that was just they fooled them? ISIS-K just happened to fool the Taliban? Oof, man, I'll tell you what. This is, this is, uh, this is a disaster. Uh, what a disaster. This is, the problem is this is such an unpredictable administration because this guy is clearly not in charge. This guy is clearly not in charge. And this is the problem. Now, I want, to, I want to play this clip for you because this is such BS here from the president of the United States just a few moments ago. Uh, listen to this now. No conflict where when a war was ending, one side was able to guarantee that everyone they wanted to be extracted from that country would get out. And think about it, folks. I think it's important. For, I know the American people get this in their gut. Let me just stop it there. No conflict where when a war was ending, one side was able to guarantee that everyone who wanted to be extracted from the country would get out. You know what a false and honestly painful lie that is? First of all, this war was only ending because we decided to leave. This, this wasn't a situation where we had a surrender on the battlefield and now we were running away. We were in control for, for years. We decided to leave. The, the problem is how we left. We left like a bunch of disorganized fools because of this president who's a disorganized fool. He's not there. I'm telling you right now, there's, he's not there. I have not been one of those guys that spent a lot of time on the dementia and all the other stuff. I haven't been. I focused on his policies, but you can't avoid this. I'm sorry you cannot avoid this. And I think it's time they invoke the 25th Amendment. He's just not there. You cannot come out today as the president of the United States and say, and now I get the first person I was instructed to call on. Listen to this. I've got to play this for you right here. Who wishes to get out of Afghanistan? We will find them and we will get them out. Ladies and gentlemen, 
They gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. Who's instructing you, Mr. President? You're the president of the United States. You're, who's instructing you to call on anybody is my question. That's the question. This is why I want, first of all, let me just say, this is why I wanted to do this afternoon podcast, because we are living in crazy times, and I need to be able to give you breaking information as it happens. Secondly, I, I, I'm really glad I did this afternoon podcast, because I can be able to bring you the audio in real time of stuff like this as it happens. And I wanted to wait, so you're going to get this late tonight, but he was supposed to come out and speak at 5 o'clock. Honestly, all day today. I was waiting. You were waiting. The world was waiting to hear what the president of the United States, the commander in chief, was going to say when 12 U.S. service members were killed in bombings by terrorist attacks, two separate suicide bombings. All day today, everybody was waiting, waiting to find out exactly what the president of the United States was going to say. And you know what happened? We had to wait until, what, 530 until he came out and said something? 530? So listen, here's the problem right now. Joe Biden, all day, Boris Johnson came out and spoke before him. Yeah, the UK prime minister came out and gave his condolences before the president of the United States did. And then he wraps it up by saying, I've got a meeting to get to for real. I've got a meeting to get to for real. And then he walked out of the room. And I don't even understand what that means. I have a meeting to get to for real. Peter Ducey, and I lost 50 bucks tonight. To who? I don't know. But I tweeted out 50 bucks if he calls on Ducey, and he called on Ducey. It's almost like somebody at the White House is monitoring my Twitter feed and said, we're going to screw Zioli. Call on Ducey. I got to pay everybody on Twitter, I guess. I'm not sure. Wait for that check. It'll definitely be in the mail. So this is what Ducey's question was. Do you bear responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? And the president of the United States says this. Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline, you pulled troops out, you sent troops back in, and now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you one day say these things, you know as well as I do that the former president made a deal with the Taliban that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by blaming Trump, blaming Trump. In return, the commitment was made, and that was a year before. In return, he was given a commitment that the Taliban would continue to attack others but would not attack any American forces. Remember that? I'm, I'm being serious. Uh, no, I, I'm asking you a question. Because before... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate, the best of you or not? What? Do you think that people have an issue with pulling out of Afghanistan just the way that Let me pause that there for a second because it's hard to hear. Peter Ducey's point is, it's not that we're leaving Afghanistan. Okay, let me back up here for a moment. President Trump set a May 1st deadline to leave Afghanistan. And a lot of us who are Trump voters, we wanted out. 
We want it out of Afghanistan. I want out of Afghanistan. But nobody thought it was going to be like this. And quite frankly, if Trump was president right now, you know as well as I do, it wouldn't be like this. There's zero chance Donald Trump would have shut down Bagram Air Force Base. There's zero chance Donald Trump would have allowed the military to leave before all the American civilians were out, or citizens were out, and also the people that helped us. But that's beside the point. It, obviously, Biden's president. Ducey's point to him is, we're not questioning that we left. We're questioning the manner in which we left, the manner in which we're leaving. Do you bear any responsibility for that? That's the question. Do you bear any responsibility for that? Stop blaming Trump. Trump's not president. You're president. You're the commander in chief. All these people, all these lefties trying to blame Trump for this. Whoa, where were you when Trump made a deal? I supported it, actually. I was supportive of us leaving Afghanistan. It's not leaving Afghanistan that's the problem, at least not for me. It's this cluster F Dog and pony show. No, I don't want to insult dogs or pony. This is this is so bungled that, you know, that there are forces within the military right now that are so angry at Washington that they've had to carry out orders to close Bagram Air Force Base. But he's still blaming Trump. He's the commander in chief of the United States military, and he's blaming his predecessor. So Ducey follows up and says, listen, we're not questioning leaving. We're questioning how we left. They have an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed, and that it is messy. The reason why, whether my friend will acknowledge it, or has reported it, the reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, was because... The commitment was made by President Trump. I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked. That's why no American was attacked. Okay? That's why no American was attacked, he says. But understand something about this, and this is a very important point. No American was attacked because we were still in control of that country. We were in control of that country. Up until we decided to leave our, the military to get out of Afghanistan before we got our people out. Which is by far the dumbest thing I can ever imagine in my life. In, in, in the history of, 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 of governance, in the history of leadership, in the history of political affairs, why would you leave, take your military out before you got all your people out? And why would you leave the equipment behind? So let's back up a second. Yesterday on the show, as you know, I spent a lot of time on this idea of how ridiculous and stupid it is to trust the Taliban. The very same people we've been shooting at for 20 years in Afghanistan. The very same people that we create, spent $2 trillion to build up a military in Afghanistan for the purpose of keeping the Taliban from coming into power. Now, we've all been trusting the Taliban, trusting the Taliban, they've been saying over and over and over again. Now we're shocked that ISIS-K was managed to get through the checkpoints and commit two attacks. We're shocked by this. You see, the reason why there were there are dead Americans today is because the military is gone. And we allowed the Taliban to take over. They were they were conquering provinces for weeks, weeks and weeks, and we still allowed it to happen. We did not stop it. And that's the problem. That's the problem. This decision to withdraw was so poorly planned, so absolutely poorly executed. This is a pathetic display on the world stage, and it's 
12 people are dead today because of this. 12 brave service members today because of this. Now, Jen Psaki is speaking at the White House. She'll go into more detail, I imagine, than the president will. Uh, why? Because Jen Psaki will say more than him. So let me try to pull her uh, pull her press conference up right now as soon as I possibly can. But, of course, uh, with all these things, it never seems to be able to go as quickly as possible. So let's try going to this site and pull this up for you right now of U.S. service members, of Afghans, is a tragedy, is horrific, uh, is one of the worst things, if not the worst thing, we've experienced during President Biden's time in office. Uh, But again, we don't have any additional assessment at this point in time. Go ahead. Uh, Just a few things, Jen, to clarify. Thank you. Um, He talked about the ongoing mission to get people out after the 31st. But to be clear, as of tonight, is it still the plan to get all U.S. forces out by August 31st? Nothing has changed on that timeline. Okay. Um, did the president... Nothing has changed on that timeline of August 31st. Mm-hmm. Did the president see this coming? Well, I think what you have seen the president say, and, and many members of our military and our national security team say, is that we have been closely watching and assessing the threat of ISIS-K and that we have had increasing concern about that threat growing over the last couple of days. Uh, So this has been a concern uh, that we have been watching, uh, and we saw, of course, the tragic events happen today. And what does today's attack say about the U.S.'s ability to keep the terrorist threat in check once the U.S. pulls all military forces out of Afghanistan? Because this is something he talked about in early July when he reiterated what the plan was. You're right, and I appreciate that question. I think it's important for people to know and understand that the threat that is posed by having thousands of U.S. military on the ground, still currently on the ground, uh, implementing a mission, committed to a mission, as you heard General McKenzie and uh, the President also say, uh, that is a threat. They are a target. Uh, People gathering around the airport, that is a threat. That is a target. But ISIS's ability to target individuals who are on the ground in Afghanistan is very different from ISIS's ability to attack the United States and attack the homeland. And we will maintain and continue over the horizon capacity uh, with uh, presence uh, and partnership with uh, countries in the region to ensure that they don't uh, develop that ability. Do you know yet if he would go to Dover to greet the caskets of those that were killed? Uh, I'm certain the president will do everything he can to honor uh, the uh, sacrifice and the service of the lives who are lost today. Uh, I will note, you didn't ask this question, but some others have asked it, and he didn't have the opportunity to ask it, so let me provi- or answer it to provide you an update on, uh, I know some have asked about whether he's called the family members. Uh, and, uh, and for those of you who have covered this, you know the process, but for those of you who have not, or people who are at, watching at home, uh, the process would uh, first go through the Pentagon. There is a next-of-kin notification process. I know General McKenzie spoke to this earlier today. That is the process that is still underway at this point in time. Until that process concludes, uh, the president would not make a call because that's the first step in the process. And then in terms of additional steps, such as Dover, uh, of course, uh, you know, he would consider and want to be a part of, of any uh, means of honoring the lives that were lost today. Go ahead. Thank you, Jen. General McKenzie described this, uh, one of the explosions at the Abbey Gate happening at a point after someone had been searched by the Taliban. How... Is the United States still going to work with the Taliban the way that the president is describing or just did in his remarks to get American citizens and Afghan allies out if that is what we're working with? Look, I, I'm not trying to sugarcoat uh, what we think of the Taliban. Uh, the Taliban is, uh, is not, they're not a group we trust. They are not our friends. We have never said that. 
You've been saying uh, we're relying on them to get Americans the out. controls large swaths of Afghanistan. And to date, you have been saying now, Jen Psaki, that we no, listen, I got to I got to talk. This is the lies here coming out of this administration. You have been saying now for days, the State Department, the Pentagon, that we are working with the Taliban and we would trust the Taliban to honor their commitments. Now you're acting like, oh, we never said we we're going to trust the Taliban. If you didn't trust them, if you weren't fools and actually turned this over to the Taliban, the troops, the American military would still be there. Bagram Air Force would be open. Partners, if we're already getting reports that they're not letting Afghans to the airport and the U.S. is still at the airport. Well, I think you mean after the 31st or moving yeah, over the, the next couple of well, days? Well, we've heard that it's already happening. So does he think that's going to get Well, I, I note also that, as the president just said, more than 7,000 people have been evacuated over the course of the last 12 hours. That is while there was an active attacks that were happening. Those are individuals who were let through gates, who were let onto planes, and got us well over 100,000 people who have been evacuated. Again, this is not about trust. This is not about uh, relying on the Taliban as an equal partner. No one is suggesting that. But because they control large swaths of the country, including a lot of the security because of you. around because of, Because airport, of the way that you allowed them to control the country, that's the point. Out. We'll continue to do that. You allowed we'll them to so control the country. Thing I would say is that we have an enormous amount of leverage. This is our view. Uh, over time. Uh, that includes economic leverage and includes leverage that we will uh, make clear to the Taliban as it relates to coordination, continue to get American citizens and our partners out. Go ahead. Jen, there have been reports of explosions happening throughout the afternoon uh, in Kabul or evening now, obviously. Um, and some reporting to indicate that this is the beginning of a process of the U.S. military beginning to destroy equipment on the ground. Can you confirm that that's what's taking place? I would defer, I would refer you to the U.S. military on specific steps of their retrograde process, which, as we know, would have to take place in advance of a departure. And then in terms of what we've heard from the Pentagon and then the president just articulated, which is his confidence that they have enough troops on the ground at this point to continue to facilitate the mission, I guess the question is how can that be the case given what we saw today, the tragic loss of life, that doesn't that call for additional troop levels potentially needed, reinforcements needed on the ground? And additionally, what is the concern for the ongoing threat that ISIS-K continues to pose to these efforts? There is an ongoing threat. And every day that our uh, troops are on the ground, they are at risk. And that's a reality. And oh, I can't honestly. I have to. I have got to pop this down because uh, there's nothing that they're not saying, which is the same tired, just recycled bunch of lines that that, that are being said. I'll come back to this if I need to. If, if I need to, your first hang on. Let me just pause this here. You know, I've been sitting if I need meeting. to come back to this, I will because it seems like all they're doing is just giving out the same scripted answers. Uh, Joe Biden came out tonight. His speech was terrible. It was a moment of failure. He's weak. He's not present. He's not there. He's not a leader. At one point, there's this famous picture now going around. When Peter Ducey asked a follow-up question, Joe Biden put his head down in his hands. So that's the picture of the president of the United States today, putting his head down in his hands in what is you can only describe as pure and utter defeat. And that's what this is about today, defeat. And, and there's no question that Joe Biden is not there. He's not there. And look, like I said, at the start of this podcast, I'm not a guy that's been focusing a lot on that because I wanted to focus on policy, but you can't avoid it anymore. It cannot be avoided. This is this is the reality. This is what we're in. We are in a world right now where the president of the United States of America is not there. And the sooner that his cabinet and the vice president, as much as I can't stand her, and I cannot stand her, she's the worst. Kamala Harris, she's the worst. But the sooner that they acknowledge this, the better. Because if they don't, we are going to lose more people. This is about weakness. 
what happened today is weakness because we allowed the Taliban to be in control of security and not the United States military. It should have been, we're evacuating everybody, and then the military is the last out as they're walking back, aiming guns at them before they get on the final flight out of Afghanistan. That's how it should have been, and there's not a single person who disagrees with that. Well, the the White House probably disagrees with that, because they thought, well, just put the Taliban in charge. That'll be fine. That'll work out. That'll work out well. I'm trying to understand exactly how anybody can possibly think this president is all there. Uh, this is what Joe Biden said today after this absolute botch withdrawal. These terrorist attacks today prove that he was right. This is why from the outset, I've repeatedly said this mission was extraordinarily dangerous. And on why I've been so determined to limit the duration of this mission. We've all been. We've all been trying to limit the duration of this mission. It's not about that. The problem is, it's how you're leaving. Today, General McKenzie gave a briefing, too, before the president spoke. Uh, General Kenneth McKenzie. And he said that ISIS, we're going to expect more terror attacks. Basically, this is going to continue. The terror attacks today are going to continue through the night and probably into tomorrow. And somehow, we're still going to get 1,500 Americans out of Afghanistan by the 31st. These people are either living in denial or they're actually just of a mindset of there's nothing we can do because the president has lost it and the commander in chief has lost it and there's nothing we can do. So um, a number of questions there. Let me try to take them in order. So first of all, the the threat from ISIS is extremely real. We've been talking about this for several days. We saw it actually manifest itself here in the last few hours with with an actual attack. We believe it is their desire to continue those attacks, and we expect those attacks to continue. We expect those attacks to continue. To be prepared for those attacks. That includes reaching out to the Taliban, who are actually providing the outer security corridor around the airfield, to make sure they know what we expect them to do to protect. Wait a second. I just heard the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki say, and you heard it too, we don't trust the Taliban. We don't trust the Taliban. Now, here's General McKenzie saying we expect these terror attacks to continue. So now here's a part where he says we're going to reach out to the Taliban. Know what we expect them to do to protect mm-hmm. us. What we expect we them to do to, to protect us. What we expect the Taliban to do to protect us. The same people that allowed ISIS-K to get through the checkpoints today. So at worst, if this was the worst security failure ever... And they just happened to just let ISIS-K through. And then, of course, at best, they coordinated with ISIS-K because even though the, the two groups hate each other, they hate us worse. They hate us more. They hate us because in their, in their eyes, we're the infidels. I, I, I'm going to back this up again because you need to hear this again. Cordon around the airfield to make sure they know what we expect them to do to protect us. And we will continue to coordinate with them as, as they go forward. I want to put we my head in my hands. We will to bring people onto the airfield. We just Amazing. brought a number of buses of... Uh, Uh, aboard the airfield what we we will tell the taliban what we expect of them to protect us do you realize general kenneth mckenzie commander of the u.s central command just said before the world after one of the deadliest attacks in in years where we lost 12 12 members of our military today General McKenzie, commander of U.S. Central Command, just told the world, we are going to tell the Taliban what we expect of them to protect us. We've turned over our protection to the very same people that allowed this terror attack today to happen. What's that phrase? We're we're through the looking glass? 
Now, the big story today that came out was that we are actually giving the Taliban information. We're giving the Taliban information. We're giving them names. We're giving them addresses. We're providing them this big political story that broke. U.S. officials provided Taliban with names of Americans and Afghan allies to evacuate. Basically, they just put all those Afghans on a kill list, said one defense official. Lara Seligman, Alexander Ward, and Andrew DeCidio reporting the following. U.S. officials in Kabul gave the Taliban a list of names of American citizens, green card holders, and Afghan allies to grant entry into the militant-controlled outer perimeter of the city's airport, a choice that's prompted outrage behind the scenes from lawmakers and military officials. The move, detailed by Politico by three U.S. and congressional officials, was designed to expedite the evacuation of tens of thousands of people from Afghanistan as chaos erupted last week. And so what they wind up doing, quote, basically they just put all these Afghans on a kill list. It's just appalling and shocking and makes you feel unclean. And then the president was asked about this today. He was asked about this report. Did we really turn over information to the Taliban today? Mr. President, did we actually really do this? Because Fox News said they couldn't confirm the story. Politico was getting a ton of, uh, of, of credit, as you can imagine, breaking the story. And the question, of course, is, were you actually working with them? Did you actually turn over a list of names to the Taliban? Take a listen to what the president said. Here we go. I can't tell you with any certitude that there's actually been a list of names. I know there may have been, but I know of no circumstance. It doesn't mean it's not, it didn't exist that here's the names of 12 people they are coming and let them through. It could very well have happened. I'll take one more question. It could very well have happened. We might have turned over names of American citizens and the Afghans who fought by our side to the Taliban. The, the same people that let ISIS-K through the checkpoint today. The same people. Uh, again, I'm going to say it again one more time. It's not about leaving it's about how we're leaving. And that is still the fundamental problem today. And then you got the cackling vice president. I can't stand her. The, the cackle, the Kamala Harris cackle. And that's not sexist, by the way, because I'd be happy. You want to trade? Um, I'll give you I'll give you Christy Nome to become president instead of Kamala Harris or. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Christy Nome got into a little dust up with Matt Walsh on Twitter. So maybe that's the wrong day to bring this up. But my point is, it's not about the fact that Kamala Harris is a woman, although people will allege that it's because uh, she's a, a, a socialist. She's incompetent. And, and, and I cannot stand this cackle. She was asked today about Afghanistan. Listen to this. Our next question will come from Alex Jaffe of the, of the Associated Press. Hi. Uh, thank you, Madam Vice President. Before I get to my question, I think it's important to follow up on the Havana syndrome incident that delayed your travel here. Do you have any sense of who was behind that? And considering that these incidents have happened all over the world over the past five years, what do you say to diplomats that are concerned for their safety? And is the U.S. doing anything to address that situation? And then I have a follow-up on Afghanistan. Okay. <laughs> um See, it's that cackle and, 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 and quite frankly, <laughs> what is that? Who does that, by the way? Who, who does that, that cackle that, that, that's done here? Uh, why does anybody do it? If you are the vice president of the United States of America, see, this is the problem. I, I really think they should invoke the 25th Amendment. I don't know how you feel about this. I really think they should. But the problem is. If they do that, then she becomes president. But I, I still don't think Biden's there. But then again, maybe Biden's president, but still not calling the shots. That's very much a possibility. It's very much a possibility. He's president. He's got the title. It doesn't mean that he's in charge. 
It doesn't not mean that he's in charge. Do you think he's in charge? Do you think he's calling the shots right now? Do you actually think that the president is in charge of this country right now? All day he was missing in action. The president was missing. The commander in chief was missing in action after 12 of his forces were killed. And at no point did he show up. And now he's trying to make it sound like a Faustian bargain between leaving or staying forever and ever. Leaving by his deadline of the 31st or staying forever and ever and ever. Let's, uh, why don't we we'll dip in here to the re- press conference re- again? Confirm for you that the threat is ongoing. And we are Threat's ongoing, you see? And assess the threat. This ahead. could happen again. Thanks, Jen. Uh, President Biden has spoken a lot about the need to end the forever wars. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you end, uh, but how do you end the forever wars in Afghanistan if you are still, or if the United States is still continuing to attack ISIS-K? Well, first I would say this is a specific case today where 12 uh, individual service members and 15 uh, who were were wounded today. And certainly I would expect any president of the United States would be clear that he will avenge those deaths and the acts of terrorists. And I don't think that came as a surprise to anyone. Uh, but the president stands by, as he, as he outlined to all of you uh, just in the last hour, uh, his commitment to bringing an end to this war. Uh, as he has implemented over the course of the last All they're talking about is ending this war. Uh, Let me jump out of that. Let me jump into this for a second here. Today, the president was asked the question. It's a very important question, too. What about all those people you're leaving behind? What do you say to all the people you're leaving behind if you leave, if you stick to this deadline, which nobody thinks he should still stick to this deadline. Nobody thinks this. Democrats, Republicans, nobody thinks, especially after today, where it's going to be even harder for those 1,500 Americans to get to the airport and get out because clearly now the terrorists are in charge. So nobody thinks that you should be able, you should leave by the 31st. But the president was asked, hey, what about the, uh, what about the deadline? I wanted to ask you, uh, you say that what America says matters. Um, What do you say to the Afghans who helped troops um, who may not be able to get out by August 31st? I say we're going to continue to to try to get you out. It matters. Look, I know of no conflict. We're going to try to get you out. As a student of history, no conflict where when a war was ending, one side was able to guarantee we're going to try to get you out oh man and that's the other clip that i played for you earlier about this jen Psaki was apparently just asked by a member of the, of the press about biden's mental state uh let me jump back in here see what happened this is a crazy day here troops back for an endless war that we've been fighting for 20 years if i may ask a kind of a bit of a related question to josh when the obama administration was uh bringing in syrian refugees mm-hmm. uh there was a lot of pushback from various states and locales um about refugees coming into their yeah. communities how do you see that situation this time around? Is this going to be different, or do you anticipate those same uh, kind of pushback and uh, hard feelings? We will see. Um, but I will tell you that what we have been working to do uh, is to work closely with governors, with localities, uh, with local leaders, to give them detailed briefings on what our uh, vetting process looks like, uh, what the background check process looks like before any individual. Oh, yeah. Well, you've done such a bang up job. <clears throat> that is a Why don't you let the Taliban do it? Why don't you let the Taliban do the background checks, Jen? Step on U.S. soil. Uh, we also know that there are some people in this country, even some in Congress, who may not want to have people from another country come as refugees to the United States. 
that's a reality. Uh, we can't stop or prevent that on our own. But we are. Here we go. If you don't want them to come, you're racist. Got it. If you don't want them to come here, especially after today, when we don't know if we can vet these people, you're racist. Got it. There you go. You're a nativist racist. Just so you know. Uh, let me. Okay. So here we go. Joe Biden taking responsibility for the botched withdrawal today. And then right away blaming Donald Trump. Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline. Actually, you know what? I played this for you before, so I won't, I won't play it again. All this stuff is coming in, and I'm trying to get this out to you as soon as possible. It's unlike a show where you can prepare for it. I'm trying to react here to all of this. Uh, and it's uh, obviously a lot of work, but I don't mind doing it. It's just not going to be perfect. Clearly not. Uh <clears throat> Let me also say, as everybody's looking at, at the, the events of today and, and we're wondering what's going to happen next, when I, when I think about Joe Biden not being there and being absolutely gonzo in the head, gonzo just not being able to be in charge of this country, not being able to be president of the United States, not being able to make a decision, not being able to, to, to reassure the country, not being able to come out and let America know this is going to be okay, we're going we're, we're to take care of this. Nobody watched that speech tonight and thought to themselves, this is, this is the moment. This is, he's hitting the moment tonight. Even New York Times' Peter Baker points out that Joe Biden today did not admit any mistakes, did not offer any change of course, nothing, just doubling down on his own failed policies here. Judge, because it's been a very, very difficult few weeks already. Uh, the idea of now body bags coming home of American troops uh, is, is, is heartbreaking. Uh, and, it, of course, it undermines the very, you know, uh, mark of success or the, the standard of success that the Biden administration set in the first place. They said, we're accomplishing this, this extraordinary evacuation without any American lives cost. Well, now, in fact, it has cost American lives. And the question is, what happens going forward? He did not admit any mistakes. He did not uh, offer any change of course he says we're going to continue forward uh the mission as he has already uh you know uh, laid it out uh but we don't know for sure uh what will take place between now and tuesday when this deadline he has set comes uh to fruition joe biden said today he has ordered development of operational plans to strike isis k assets leadership and facilities now, when is that going to happen is my question exactly. Does this mean that we're going to be going back into Afghanistan? See, if you had just done the withdrawal correctly, we would not have to be dealing with this now. This is the problem. And if it would not surprise me if we're back in Afghanistan again because we did this so poorly. That, again, is the problem here. This is what Jen Psaki is saying now. Let's see here. Process, and we've been working hard to do that behind the scenes. Uh, and we're going to continue to convey clearly that this is also part of who we are, part of the fabric of the United States, and not back away from right, that. Who we are. We take in anybody. Anybody. There is Anybody. an American that's been detained by the Taliban since last year. His name's uh, Mark Friedrichs, and I'm wondering if the administration has been in negotiations to um, release him as, uh, as, as part of these broader negotiations with the Taliban. We certainly raise uh, his case in every opportunity, and it has certainly been raised, but I don't have any update on that case. And then um, you've said that there's a threat for these remaining days that the, the U.S. troops are in um, Kabul. Is there, are there any um, additional precautions that are being taken to protect these troops? Obviously, you're not going to send in additional troops, but are there any other precautions that are being taken? 
I don't think I'm going to get into operational details of what is happening on the ground. Uh, certainly, uh, there are steps taken to protect our troops um, on the ground by the commanders who are leading the efforts on the ground. By the Taliban protecting uh, our troops? Go ahead in the middle. Oh, Jen? Go ahead. Thank you, Jen. Uh, just last week, the president said the following. We made it clear to the Taliban that any attack on our forces or disruption of operations at the airport will be met with swift and forceful response. Exactly. Was this an attack for our forces targeted? Was this at the airport? Were our operations disrupted? And if indeed it was, would this qualify as a swift and forceful response? I think the president just exa addressed exactly that when he said we will not forgive, we will not forget, and we will hunt you down. Uh, when he spoke just when he read that off a teleprompter people who live so that they can kill themselves he is, was referring to the attack of terrorists from ISIS K who uh, launched this attack and killed US service members I don't think he regardless of whether they attack service I don't think he Correct. could have been more clear go ahead yes, Jen. Uh, at least 67 house democrats now have signed on to a letter asking the president to raise the refugee cap in fiscal year 2022 mm -hmm to at least 200,000. Let me stop there. Let me mute that for a second. Democrats love refugees. They'll take in as many people as they possibly can. And remember, it's who we are. And if you don't want that, you're racist. It's not the fact that we clearly can't vet anything. We, we, we cannot ensure security of our own, of the airport that we're supposed to be in charge of right now. We've, we've turned that over to the Taliban. So imagine if you and I are a little bit skeptical of the fact that we can't vet properly all these people coming to this country to not be terrorists, to not be part of ISIS-K, especially after we were just told by them that the Taliban was going to make sure ISIS-K did nothing and something still happened today. You know, given that Kabul has been the main, the only departure point in the country, um, I wonder if the administration knows how many of the American citizens left, the uh, green card holders, SIVs, that are in the country still are outside of Kabul, and if there have been or may be in the future efforts to go out and rescue people from those more far-flung places. Um, yes. On your latter question, I'm not going to get into more details, and will continue to be. On your former question, uh, the vast majority are uh, within the Kabul vicinity. Uh, you know what? We're not. We are going to have to do <clears throat> the largest rescue of American hostages in this country's history. Joe Biden said today that we've gotten most of the people out. There are only about a thousand left. A thousand people, and he says we've got most out. A thousand left. There were fifteen hundred yesterday. The president just says a thousand today. Nobody knows the actual number. They're not telling us the actual number. They're purposely not telling us the actual number. But in my mind, you don't leave until you have everybody out. And in my mind, the military would still be occupying Kabul and Bagram Air Force Base until everybody was out. Then, as I said earlier, we're the last ones to leave, guns aiming at them, drones in the air, ready to kill anyone who even looks at us the wrong way until we get on the planes and we clear the airspace. But that's not happening. Instead, we turn to a municipal airport and let the Taliban become baggage handlers and, uh, and run the Cinnabon counter there. And we're surprised that this happened today. We're surprised by this. Now they are focused on other active threats to U.S. service members there on the ground. Uh, are all the threats the U.S. is currently facing from ISIS-K, are there other groups that may be bad actors? I'm just not going to detail uh, additional information about uh, ongoing live threats. Um, and are, do we know if the president still feels as though the chaos and the violence that we've seen there on the ground in Kabul was all unavoidable. Even okay, first of all, the president doesn't know what he feels or thinks. That's number one. Secondly, ISIS-K is it, it's irrelevant. It's the Taliban. It's the Taliban. 
Look, I, I know that there's this ha- tendency today, and for example, Grant, Glenn Greenwald tweeting out that uh, that's a lie being told by those who want us to stay in Afghanistan forever and want war forever. No, it, 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 two things can be true at the same time. The Taliban is 100% responsible for this. There, there's no doubt in my mind. It still doesn't mean I want to stay in Afghanistan forever. But, but, but to just dismiss the Taliban's involvement in this by saying, oh, you're just a warmonger who wants to keep the war going on, no. No, the, the Taliban harbored al-Qaeda. We have been shooting at the Taliban for years. The entire reason why we've spent all this time and money in Afghanistan was to build up a government and a military that would ensure the Taliban did not take power. Remember that? And now suddenly the Taliban are our besties. They're our best buddies. There is trust. It's based on trust, but we are continuing to coordinate to move American Oh, so we do trust the Taliban. Afghan partners. We're going to make friendship bracelets with them, Saki? Uh, and the fact that we huh? have evacuated 7,000 people in the last 12 or 13 hours now uh, is evidence of that. Go ahead. Um, so two Republican senators so far have called on the president to resign over the attacks in Afghanistan today. What's the White House's response to that? I would say first, um, this is a day where U.S. service members, 12 of them, lost their lives. Yeah, and you didn't say uh, anything all day. Terrorists. All uh, day. It's not a day for politics. Oh. And we would expect that uh, any American, whether they're elected but you'll blame or not, Trump, though. stand with us and our commitment to going after and fighting and killing those terrorists wherever they live. Right, you, you'll blame Trump, but, that's, but it's not a day of politics, right? We're going to go after the terrorists wherever they live, except for the Taliban. Thank you. Then we'll trust them to do our, our check-ins. The White House, I spoke to a group of men at the White House gate who said that they were um, service members here in America in our armed forces, various branches. They had their photos. All right, Jen Psaki, White House. All right, the White House uh, is uh, Fox News is going to jump out of it. Uh, where can I? What can I tell you here? Well, first of all, let me just take a breath here. Dude, let's see here now. Let's take take da, 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 da. there we Smart. go. Funny podcast. This is the Rich Zioli podcast. Okay. <clears throat> a lot of information is coming in. Clearly, this is not going to be the smoothest podcast I ever do in, in the history of my radio career. Uh, but, you know, bear with me here. I think it's just better just to bring all this to you in real time uh, than it is anything else. Some of the reaction that's coming out right now, there are, it's just, people in the military are furious at what they heard from the commander-in-chief today. He looks absent. He doesn't look like he's really there. CBS's Nancy Cordes calls this attack today in Kabul the worst day of the Biden presidency. Yeah, you think? Uh, Biden, of course, vows revenge, says we will hunt you down and make you pay. Does anybody really believe that, that we're going to hunt you down and make you pay? Biden doesn't rule out sending additional forces. However, he has ruled out extending the deadline to get all of our people out. He's ruled that out. And then you got this jerk, this Malcolm Nance on on MSNBC, this guy who tweets out the following today. 20 years, FYI, there have been terrorist suicide bombers killing civilians nearly daily in Afghanistan. This ain't new. It's why we're leaving. Hashtag deal with it. Listen, pal, we could have done this the right way, in which case this wouldn't be happening. That's the point. If we did this the right way and we, we evacuated all the civilians first, the military last out, last out of the bagram, guns aiming at these these savages, drones in the air, F-18s flying overhead, ready to kill them at a moment's notice. This would not be happening, actually. You you putts, you you pathetic lefty talking head. This is pathetic. That's what should have happened today. Nothing should have happened today because the military should be the only people left in, the, in Afghanistan right now. Instead, we got 1,500 Americans trapped behind enemy lines. 
1,500 Americans. What do you think Ronald Reagan would do right now? You think he'd just walk away? Just go, oh, sorry, going to leave you behind enemy lines right now. Just going to walk away? You think he would do that? I don't think he would do that. The, the level of incompetence from this administration is infuriating to me. 12 dead service members today, and you even have CNN. Even CNN is, is, is saying today that Afghanistan has become the Disneyland for terrorists. And look, I understand CNN wants war. I get it. There are a bunch of warmongers over there. It's good for ratings. I understand that. I get that. I totally get it. I get it. But he, he's not wrong. The Taliban freed people from prisons, freed the worst people, the terrorists from prisons. And what do you think those people are going to do? Of course, they were going to try to work with the Taliban. This whole notion of the, the Taliban freed these people, but they don't like them. And um, to them, they're going to do security for us after freeing the worst elements uh, of mankind. Uh, what did Pelosi say about it today? Let's hear. Take a listen to the vampiric one. Here we are 101 years later, women in positions of high uh, responsibility, man, man. but an attack, attack? on the, the right to vote that is happening in our country. Oh, a few days ago on Tuesday in the House of Representatives. Under- oh, shut up. You know what? Honestly, shut the hell up. She's talking about an attack on voting rights today instead of an attack on 12 of our service members and. America itself, because America itself was attacked today. It's a tragic day. It's a dark day. One of the darkest days in our nation because we were attacked and we look weak. And I've had to listen to these idiots like Tony Blinken, Secretary of State, and these, and these, these, these morons at the Pentagon tell me that we're relying on the Taliban and they're still doing it. They're still saying that we're relying on the Taliban to get our people home. We're relying on the Taliban the same people who are in charge of the security on the ground today because we let them protect us. To quote that knucklehead general, we let them protect us. We're sharing information with the Taliban to prevent attacks. So they are admitting it now, at least. This general here admitting that we are sharing information with the Taliban to protect, to prevent attacks. Let's hear a little bit about what this guy can says you, here. Uh, hey, General McKenzie, it's Courtney QB from NBC News. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the these extremely real additional threats from ISIS? Is it a, a concern about more suicide attacks? Um, and, and also about some of the steps that you may be taking to mitigate future attacks? I mean, would it include putting U.S. troops troops or Marines outside the gates or outside of the airport for additional perimeter security. And then finally, with all of this, is there any discussion about sending any additional U.S. troops to Kabul airport for additional security measures? So let me actually answer the last part of your question first. We assess we have the, the forces we need to protect ourselves there. I'm always in a constant dialogue with the secretary. If I needed anything else, I'd be talking to him immediately. But I think we have what we need to protect ourselves. So let's talk a little bit about the threat streams. So very, very real threat streams, uh, very, very uh, what we would call tactical. That means imminent, could occur at any moment. And they range from rocket attacks we know that they would like to lob a rocket in there if they could. Now, we actually have pretty good protection against that. We have our uh, uh, our anti-rocket and mortar system. The Is the Taliban running that you, too? You've been out there very familiar with that are pretty effective against these kinds of attacks. We are- I would, would, by the way, would it surprise you if the general says, and, and we've got our best Taliban people operating the equipment for us, the best, the, the finest men and women in the Taliban? Would that surprise you? Honestly, at this point, it would not surprise me. Well positioned around the boundary of the airfield, and we feel that we'd be we would be in good shape should that kind of attack occur. We also know they aim to get a suicide a vehicle-borne suicide attack in if they can. 
from a small vehicle to a large vehicle. They're working all those options. And then we've just seen their ability to deliver a walk-in, a vest-wearing uh, suicide, uh, suicide attacker. All of those things we look at. Now, the other thing we do is we share versions of this information with the Taliban so oh, that they can God. actually oh. do some searching out there for us, and we believe that some attacks have been thwarted by them. Okay, I need to stop it here. I need, I need, I, I need a drink. That's what I need. I really do. Let me stop this here. Can you believe this guy? What happened to our generals? When did our generals become the weakest, wokest people in the history of the earth? What, what happened here? I guess they just got more more concerned with critical race theory it, it being taught at West Point than they do actually about making sure that America is kicking ass around the world. And I don't mean kicking ass where we don't need to be, but at least where we are, so that we don't worry about the Taliban working with al-Qaeda or ISIS-K to blow up our people. And we're still, we're still relying on the Taliban here. Can you believe this? They really believe with the straight-faced Taliban had nothing to do with this today? After they let thousands of people out of those prisons? Taliban went city by city conquering the Afghan army, taking our equipment and opening up prisons and freeing people. And we're still pretending like they're our friends. After we've been in a war trying to keep them from coming to power in Afghanistan, we spent 20 years trying to make sure the Taliban would not resume control. And now we're sharing information with the Taliban to help us stay safe. Do you feel like this is reality? Suicide, uh, suicide attacker. All of those things we look at. Now, the other thing we do is we share versions of this information with the Taliban so that they can actually do some searching out there for us, and we believe that some attacks have been thwarted by them. Again, we've been doing this for a long We've been doing this since the 14th. Uh, this, is a, this, this is an attack that's been carried out. We believe it's possible that others have been thwarted. We cut down the information we give the Taliban. They don't get the full range of information we have. Why not? But we give them enough to act in time and space. Why? They're our best buddies. They're our besties. The other thing we try to do is we try to push out the boundary even further so that we don't get large crowds massing at the gate. Clearly, at at Abbey Gate today, we had a larger crowd there than we would like, which goes to show you that the system is not perfect. But we have gained large elements of standoff at other gates, and we want to keep that kind of standoff. You know what? I, I can't even listen to this BS. Why would you not share all the information with the Taliban if they're our besties and we, and we can trust them? Why, why would you not? Explain that to me, General, because I, I don't really understand. We're relying on the Taliban for our safety and security, but yet you're not sharing all the information with them. You know what? If you can't share all the information, you shouldn't share any of the information with them. Let me say that again. If you can't share all the information with them when it comes to our security, you shouldn't share any. Boris Johnson did a better job today of condemning this terrorist attack than our president did. He really did. It's a shameful day for our president today. Shameful day. Coming out with those eyes, those, it looks like a doll's eyes. It reminds me of Jaws. When Quint's talking about a shark's eyes, like a doll's eyes. Honestly, Boris Johnson did a better job today of explaining how Americans felt than our own president did. I can confirm that there's been a a barbaric a terrorist attack, a, a, what looks like a series of attacks in uh, Kabul on, on the airport, on the crowds at the airport in which members of the U.S. military very sadly have lost their lives and uh, many Afghan uh, casualties as well. And we extend our condolences both to the United States of America and uh, to the people of Afghanistan. And I, look, I want to stress that uh, this threat of a terrorist attack is... 
uh, one of the constraints that we've been operating under in uh, Operation Pitting in, in the, the big extraction that's been, uh, that's been going on. And uh, we've been ready for it, we've been prepared for it. And I want to stress that uh, we're going to continue uh, with that operation. And uh, we're now coming to, towards the, the end of it, to the very end of it, uh, in any event. And we've already extracted uh, the overwhelming majority of, of those uh, under, under both the schemes, the, the eligible persons, the UK persons, the uh, UK nationals, plus the, uh, the Afghans, the interpreters uh, and others. And it's been a totally uh, phenomenal effort by the UK. There's been nothing like it uh, for decades and, uh, and decades. Um, but uh, clearly uh, what this attack shows is the importance of uh, continuing that work in as fast and uh, as efficient a manner as possible in the hours that, uh, that remain to us. And that, that's what we're going to do. He spoke before our own president spoke. Do you realize that the UK prime minister spoke before the president of the United States spoke today? That is shameful. That is so shameful today that that happened. Obama's ambassador to Afghanistan, Ryan Crocker on CNN. Are possible. Let's discuss this with Ambassador Ryan Crocker, former U.S. ambassador to Afghanistan. Um, ambassador Crocker, I want to get your reaction to the attacks. 12 U.S. service members killed, 15 more wounded, dozens more innocent Afghans killed and wounded. Was this inevitable? Uh, what, one of the things we, we've been hearing from uh, the White House is they've been fearing of a terrorist attack like this. It, it's been a terrible day, Jake. Uh, one of the very worst. It uh, gets right at, I think, the point that a lot of us have made that when the Taliban come back, um, some really bad guys are going to come back with them. Exactly. Uh, certainly Al-Qaeda, they've kept that relationship through two decades in the wilderness, and uh, Islamic State as well. So uh, the issue is not that the Taliban control the country right now, it's that the Taliban really don't control the country, and nobody does. That is a breeding ground uh, for these kinds of actions and for these kinds of people to come back and take root. And that is what brought us 9-11. We've now got the same dynamic. Well, Mr. Ambassador, um, right now I don't think any of those groups, at least according to U.S. intel, as I understand it, think that, uh, that those groups have the capability of, of attacking the United States, at least as of right now. What do you say to the average American whose first response to these 12 service members being killed and 15 wounded is, it's high time for us to get the hell out of there. Well, you know, that's one way to end a war, surrender. Uh, uh, it's real quick, but the war is yet to come. Uh, we have this whole withdrawal announcement and process uh, has been an enormous morale boost uh, for Islamic radicals everywhere. Al-Qaeda, Islamic State, uh, Pakistani, Taliban, you name it. Uh, they are on a roll and they know it. Uh, and what happens in Afghanistan yeah. doesn't stay in Afghanistan. We've wow. seen that before. And our quality of our intelligence to say what we see and don't see, well, Bill Burns, CIA director, has said with our departure from Afghanistan. There's been some criticism uh, even from We're not going to have the same access to intel. I can't believe that I'm agreeing with Obama's ambassador. But he's right. He's right. He's 100% right. 
This is this is a moral boost to the Taliban, to Al Qaeda, to all these nut job nutbags. I said it yesterday. The Taliban are not good people. They are awful people. And they're going to help the worst elements because as much as they don't like ISIS-K or Al-Qaeda, they hate us. We're infidels. We're infidels. And they want to destroy us and they'll help people destroy us. Today was a big win for, for the Taliban. Today was a big win for, for ISIS-K, Al-Qaeda, all these nut jobs around the world. Did I say Al-Qaeda and Taliban? It's hard to keep track because they're all the same. The Taliban today is celebrating what happened to America today. Anytime the great Western Satan is weakened, they're happy about it. They're not our friend. Joe Biden's pathetic. There's Listen been to this. Some criticism, uh, even from people in your party, about the dependence on the Taliban to secure the perimeter of the airport. Yeah, do exactly. You, do you feel like there was uh, a mistake uh, made in that regard? No. I, no, I it's a bang-up job. Um, I think General McKenzie handled this question very well. Yeah, he's another one to sell out. Yeah, General McKenzie handled it really well, but let me find my notes. Let me stall and get my notes so I can remember what my pre-scripted answer is here on the Taliban. We're in a situation, we're inheriting a situation, particularly since, as we all know, that the Afghan military collapsed 11 days before... In 11 days. Stop it. We inherited a situation in which the Afghan military collapsed in 11 days. You didn't inherit that situation. You created that situation, Mr. President. You created that situation by your idiotic decisions to shut down Bagram Air Force Base and to have our military leave. You created this, you moron. That it is in the interest of, as McKenzie said, in the interest of the Taliban... That, in fact, what? What? ISIS-K does not metastasize beyond what it is, number one. And number two, it's in their interest that we are able to leave on time, on target. And as a consequence of that, the major things we've asked them. We've asked them. Moving back the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Right. Give me more space yeah. between the walls. Give me space. Social distance, Taliban. Vehicles right. from yeah. coming through. Bang up job. Et cetera. Yeah, Taliban. Searching people coming through. Yeah. Oh, that worked out well. It is not what you'd call a tightly commanded, regimented. Oh, my God. Op- Can you believe this crap? He's sitting there, the president, saying that, that we they've done a great job doing all this for us, searching people. You just had two suicide bombers today. You lost 12 American service members. All right, I, it's, I, what am I, what am I, uh, keep going here. ...like the U.S. is, the military is, but they're acting in their interest. Oh, yeah, you know what their interest is? To, it's to, it's to it destroy us is what their interest is, you, you dummy. All right, listen, I got to wrap this up because uh, it's late, and I got to get ready for the morning show. So thank you for your patience today. What a dark day. I can only say God bless our, our, our men and women in uniform, and my heart goes out to each and every one of them, and... Uh, how can this guy continue to be president? How can this man continue to be our president? This is a disgraceful day. A disgraceful day by a guy who's not there in the head. He's not there. He's not there. You know it and I know it. Joe Biden is just simply not there anymore. Maybe he never was. I don't know. At least not in recent times, that's for sure. He's a disgrace. He's a failure. And if they don't take him out soon, God only knows what's going to happen. But sadly, he's instructed to call in the press. Somebody's instructing him. Somebody's calling all the shots here. This is a dark day and we still have 1,500 Americans behind enemy lines. Have a great night. God bless.